welcome into a special episode of A to Z. We're actually going to have a A to Ray episode here. Got my friend Ray, and he's going to be helping me go through uh, some movie lists. We're going to do my uh, traditional ranking of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, how you doing, Ray? Doing well. Thanks for the invite. Oh yeah, absolutely. We uh, we hang out quite a bit, and uh, really our friendship has got a lot of base on the movies. Uh, yeah, that we for both sure. enjoy, and we we seem to have pretty similar tastes. Uh, overall, I think. Yeah, I agree. I figured it'd be really cool to pull you in and have you in here for this list. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit different this year since things have been kind of crazy. Uh, I was <laughs> actually looking through. Uh, I typically watch probably somewhere between 40 to 50 new movies a year, um, you know, on average, mm-hmm. taking out of effect the uh, the year I did the 365 films <laughs> challenge, which was insane. And never again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, I only watched... 18 new movies this year that I hadn't seen before. Wow. So like so. 18 2020 releases or 18 completely new to you? Completely new to me. Oh, totally. Wow. Yeah. It was, Man. I got, uh, sucked into some, some comfort food basically and just kind of rewatched a lot of stuff that I'd seen before and wanted to see again. Nice. Um, so I still watched quite a few movies, but yeah, as far as new ones to me in the calendar year, 2020, it was just 18. So, oh, man. uh, rather than trying to, <laughs> just uh cram a bunch of movies in to try to fill out a top 10 list or anything i just narrowed it down and did a, a top five for 2020 releases and then a top five for movies released outside of 2020 that i'd seen for the first time this year so nice change up the format a little bit this year just because of uh you know kind of had to i still did enjoy quite a few movies um it was a little bit of a challenge kind of even narrowing it down to the top five for each yeah for sure uh, it was for me too i mean i actually did i mean my 2020 release watch was pretty low, obviously. Um, I, I don't know. I, I should have count, counted offhand, but it's twenty maybe 25 movies or something like that from that were released this year. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, overall, new watches were kind of up for me. I mean, probably like uh, about 130, 140. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so I tried to hit a lot of blind spots I've, I've had for a while. Um, I try to do that every year, but, you know, this year with everything – the way it was it was a little bit easier that's cool um but yeah i i, I rewatched a lot of stuff too so that's cool so uh, typically how many movies a year do you think you would watch in a like, typical calendar year um so i i actually track everything i watch i i'm usually between two and three hundred movies a year and that's including new first time watches and rewatches yeah um somewhere in that range I uh, mean, I can't remember offhand. Last year, I think I was like two thirty-five or something. Nice. Um, this year will probably be pretty close to that. I think. Uh, last time I tallied it up, I was uh, like, actually, I might have been right about two two twenty-five this year. So oh, that okay. was last month. So I've watched a lot in this month. So yeah. All right, awesome. Uh, are you still using Letterbox then for your tracking? Ah, uh, man, I'm really behind on my Letterbox. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like I say, you could you could plug that if you wanted to or needed to. Man, my yeah. my problem is like, uh, I just I, I forget to go on. I actually I just keep track of it on my phone. I have a list. Uh, like I use Evernote, so I just track everything there. But my problem is like with Letterbox, when I do a review or whatever, I to, you kind of do a deep dive on it, and then if I don't plan time to do it, I just don't. You know, I don't I don't do it. So then I don't get on there and, and track all my other watches. But yeah, it's something I definitely need to do. Um, I think the last thing I put on there was uh, when I went and watched Tenet. Oh, yeah. So that was my last uh, 
So you actually did go to a theater? Uh, to yeah. See that? Okay. Yeah, I actually went. It was uh, me and my brother, uh, and then two of my friends, and we were basically the only people in there. Oh. <laughs> and Tenet did not make my list. Oh man, I was I was actually I was surprised by how much I did not like that movie. Really? Yeah, I'm a pretty big Christopher Nolan fan, so yeah, I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't get into it. Did you do any rewatches of his leading up to it? Actually, yeah, me and my my little brother who had never seen, I think he had only seen the Batman movies. Okay. Um, man, what else? Maybe, maybe Dunkirk before, or no, Interstellar. So, uh, he had only seen Interstellar and then the Batman, the Nolan Batman movies. So we, yeah, we watched his entire filmography except for Insomnia, but that, I mean, to me, that's not really essential for yeah. his filmography. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was a lot of fun. So we started that January, I think. So we did his entire filmography. Me and my little brother, we, I like to, you know, kind of introduce him to, to, to new movies and stuff like that. So. Yeah, very cool. So we'll do deep dives on directors or um, uh, just kind of blind spots for him. So, like, movies I loved as a, as a kid, like 80s, okay. 90s action movies, stuff like that. Yeah, just go through genres. Exactly, and stuff like that. Okay. yeah. I just love it. I love introducing him to that stuff. And he usually, he pretty much likes anything. So, um, so yeah, that's always, that's always a blast. Man... For Nolan, I was really surprised. This is my third time watching Dunkirk, and that mm-hmm. movie, like, man, it is so it is so good, and it's surprising to me how much I like it. The, the, I I like it more every time I watch it. That's what I've heard from a couple of people. I I, mean, I need to go back and rewatch it. I haven't seen it since the theatrical release. Yeah, but, so. I, honestly, the my first watch of it was it's it's really good, but I didn't feel like. I, kind of, Nolan is kind of emotionally cold usually in his movies. There's not a lot of emotion in him. Yeah, true. Um, and Dunkirk just felt to me that, especially that first watch, like because it's technically flawless movie. I mean, so well done on on all sides of the you know the, the technical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it just didn't hit me. I, I guess the emotionality of it didn't really hit me. Um, but really, it it does help. I think multiple viewings. Uh, it, at least it did for me. And yeah, the third by the third watch, I was like, "Man, this this is fantastic." Might might be his masterpiece. Um, yeah, that I I really love the Prestige too. To me, that's probably my favorite of his movies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, Dunkirk, man, that knocked me out. This third watch, that's awesome. All right, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch some base here. We uh, we both had jobs in the the movie type industry and so we kind of had a, a good bonding experience there whenever we kind of first met at some friends parties and stuff like that yeah so, uh, yeah i used to work at the movie theater in edwardsville as people here know uh, that's where i met zach and we've talked about it a few times but uh, where did you start out at with the movie industry yeah actually i worked at blockbuster uh through r.i.p uh, yeah exactly <laughs> through um uh through college basically like the end of high school college uh into college and um as, the greatest job ever. <laughs> uh, although, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of, there's a, a large contingent of people that think Blockbuster is like, you know, the evil empire or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, they're ruined not, all the mom and pop stores. Yeah, yeah, stuff, they're, yeah. They're not wrong at all. Yeah. Um, but it, working there just allowed me access to so many movies that I never would have been able to, to watch. I would order in um, like kind of random, these uh, random indie movies or movies that were, uh, you know, before my time that we didn't have for rent i would order those and, and oh you had that kind of capability eventually yeah i mean probably wasn't supposed to do that but oh. <laughs> if yeah if i there was a movie that i really wanted to watch i would just order it and <laughs> put it for rent 
Um, and that, that was, that was pretty great. Um, I can't remember. I was trying to think the other day of what the first movie was that I did that with. Um, I, honestly, I, I think it was days of heaven, Terrence Malick movie, but oh, I, really? okay. I know I did that with that one. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think that's probably what it was. Um, but yeah, I got to, you know, you, working there five uh, free movie rentals a week uh so that was like you know the stuff that wasn't out yet you got to got to take that home so i mean definitely had perks it was oh, yeah. it was great and i use those five rentals all the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was uh i've always loved movies but that was uh just kind of elevated my game a little bit to where i was able to watch so many more different uh different genres and, and stuff that i probably never would have given the time of day or, 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 or watched. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if I can, like, uh, uh, DVDs, not so much, but even like a VHS, like it was really, like you could find some really good oh, classic yeah. treasures on there. Yeah, for sure. Like they really, really went through a boom back in the eighties and mm-hmm. trying to capture everything and port it over to VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Just to show my age a little bit. I was, uh, I was there when they were kind of transitioning everything over from VHS to DVDs. Oh really? So, yeah. Okay. Nice. So, like, I, I started in, I think they had just started that process maybe a year or two before I started there. But they still had, you know, VHSs when I when I started working there. <laughs> um, and we would, uh, you know, sell try to sell those, basically. I, I remember I, one of my first jobs there was to take uh, the, the VHSs and you, we were supposed to throw them away um, because, uh, you, you know, if they didn't sell within a certain amount of time, they just wanted to, to, to write, write them off or whatever, so they had to they had to destroy them. Okay. Um, so I ended up taking like just a whole bunch of boxes of VHS at home. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. So I mean, I got tons of like uh, old classics with uh, Bogey and Bacall, um, like To Have and Have Not, Dark Passage, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Got, oh yeah. Uh, you know, Twenty five <laughs> or so free VHS copies. But yeah, I remember I there is. I mean, I can't remember how many we had that they were just basically like, yeah, just destroy them. <laughs> oh, well, I think uh, people kind of know most of my tastes if they've been listening through. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to see if you, maybe you could just kind of speak a little broadly, try to, sorry to put you on the spot, I didn't mention this <laughs> earlier, but maybe just uh, like my favorite kind of genres, uh, maybe a handful of movies that are like in your in your top of all time, maybe. Like, oh, man. I know it's so hard to pick a favorite, so if you just want to talk about a few that you really enjoy a lot or go back to a lot to rewatch or anything like that. Yeah, that just is. Just so people a, can kind of get a little bit of taste of Ray here. That is a. Before we dive into the list. That's a, that's a difficult question. <laughs> yeah. I probably but should yeah, have mentioned I mean, that earlier. I, I don't know if I have a a particular favorite genre or not um i know that's probably what everyone says but um, yeah, no. um one thing i do appreciate about y'all i'll do that while you uh, think of it is uh i like the you're and you uh you don't really rule out any genres at all uh, I you give everything a pretty fair shake and i think uh that's kind of helped me a little bit uh, branch out into some more stuff that i normally wouldn't have watched uh prior to meeting you i think oh that's cool man i yeah. I, I really tried to do that um I think I mean I think every movie has the potential to be to, to be good, and um, I think you kind of have to look at it that way whenever you you watch, it. especially if it's um, a genre you're not used to watching or that you don't particularly care for. Maybe a lot of a lot of the titles from that. Um, honestly, gr- growing up, I didn't really horror was a huge blind spot for me. Like I did, I didn't watch hardly any horror movies growing up, um, and 
wasn't probably until, man, I can't remember, late teens, early 20s when I started watching, you know, I'd watched a couple of the classics. Um, and then I kind of started getting into to other aspects of, of the horror genre. Um, but I, that's to me, that's still kind of a blind spot for me. Like uh, older horror movies are, I, I enjoy them a lot, but I like I, it's still kind of a blind spot for me. Yeah. Um, man, I <laughs> um, favorite movies. That I mean, that's that's kind of a list that just rotates all the time for me. Yeah. But um, like Raiders: of The Lost Ark is one of my all time favorites. Um, for nostalgic reasons, but also because it's just a great movie. And it holds up so well. Oh, yeah. it does, and it's so much fun. Um, just it, it's it's so well shot. There's just like everything about that movie is pretty much perfect. And let me see. I, I really love Kurosawa movies. I love samurai movies, um, like Seven Samurai, Rashomon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, both of those are just top tier for me. Um, I love Coen Brothers. So, like, uh, actually, Inside Lewin Davis was probably my favorite movie of the last. Uh, I guess that was in 2013. I think so. Last 10 years. I think that is my favorite movie from the last 10 years. Really? Okay. Yeah. And it kind of surprised me that it was my favorite. And <laughs> I, I mean, cause I've, I've watched it maybe three or four times, but like, that's the same kind of thing for me. It's, it's, it just gets better. And I, I pick up new things in it every time. Yeah. Um, I mean, struggling musician with a cat. I mean, you really kind of can relate to that in a way. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that movie. I love the Coens, uh, Tarantino, I mean, it's kind of like the usual suspects, you know, Tarantino, Scorsese, mm. all those guys. Um, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, man, I love that movie. I watched that like, probably two or three times this year, mm. and I watched it a couple times last year when it came out. Um, and that just continues to, to blow me away by how much I love that movie. Something interesting about that, uh, just a side tangent. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, one thing I was going to make be mentioned as uh, one of the topics on our uh, A to Z show, but I can go ahead and throw it out here because uh, it just it would fit in really well. And uh, they have a novelization coming out. Have you seen anything yes, about that? I can't wait Where he's going to add extra footage and extra, well, not footage, but extra, extra <laughs> dialogue scenes, and extra yeah. scenes and stuff from the different characters. And, oh, man, I can't wait to get that. Yeah, that is definitely going to be a must read. For sure, yeah. Because you know there's probably just so much of uh like the care of rick uh Don't, the st- yeah, yeah the stuff that he was involved in like the other movies that he was involved in that you know that tarantino probably shot a ton of stuff oh yeah or at least wrote a ton of stuff um that we'll never see but hopefully yeah this this book just gives us more more of that world because I, I man i could live in that world all all day <laughs> definitely so much fun yeah that was my top movie from last year yeah me uh, too calling back to this and list we're about to go through so and I, it would be my list, my top this year too, <laughs> for sure, man. That, yeah. That's a newer one, I guess that I that I love. But yeah, I, oh man, I, I don't know if there is a particular genre that I would say is my my all time favorite. I I do love um, kind of sm- smart action movies or kind of action thrillers a lot. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, and it kind of depends on what mood I'm in too. So that's true. Yeah. Like the last, uh, this last month, I've watched a ton of more, uh, like smaller, intimate movies, uh, or ones that are more cerebral. So, kind of got to be in the right space for those. But 
Well, we can go ahead and uh, fly into the list now, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead and... I usually start with the, the older movies, and then we can go to the 2020 releases. So, um, would, would you like to go first? Or do you have any particular order that you put them in, or you just kind of have a general mm-hmm. five? Or Yeah, I just... Uh, I didn't really have an, an order for mine, I okay. don't think. I think they're all pretty much the same. I, unfortunately, I didn't really love any of the new releases this year. Yeah. I, I really liked a lot of them, but I didn't really like... There's not one to me that just... I absolutely loved. Um, yeah, I, did, I don't really have them in any particular order, I don't think. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and just start off. Okay. With, cool. uh, so, I did order mine from uh, 5 to 1. So, nice. the, uh, the fifth best movie that did not release this year that I saw was uh, a movie called Punch Drunk Love. Nice. And uh, you've seen that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, probably a big fan also. I, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, man, it... it it really hit me at the right time, I think. I was, like you just said, <laughs> you got to be in the right mood for certain movies. And mm-hmm. I think that one just really nailed me in the spot. And it's like, oh, man, this this is just like speaking directly to me right now. Uh, Sandler's performance is just like incredible. Like yeah. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. He really just commanded that that presence there. Mm-hmm. And and the character is really neat, too. I like the uh, the uh, like it's it's definitely a break away from the, the films that he had done before that. Oh, for sure. But it wasn't comedic but it kind of was also like you you can't help but laugh at him because he's kind of that much over the top (laughs) from what a normal everyday character would be like yeah for sure and uh, i really can't imagine anybody else playing that part and like that's just some really great casting i thought i agree yeah yeah movie's extremely charming Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it puts a smile on your face yeah so yeah, we went through a, uh, a Paul Thomas Anderson kick there for a little bit, nice. going through and watching all the movies in his catalog, and that one just really st- stuck out to me. Um, yeah. I, I had seen Boogie Nights before, and so that didn't make the list. It's still, I think, my favorite of his, Man, but uh, this, this is a very close second now, I think, after watching them all, so uh, Punch Drunk Love was mine. Nice. Uh, you want to go back and forth then? Or? Oh, yeah, okay. that's cool. Okay. So, yeah, what's, what's a movie you watched this year for the first time from a year past that you liked? Okay, so this one would be uh, The Insider. It's a Michael Mann movie from, what was that, 90... Man, I can't remember if it's 99, maybe 2000. Okay, I can look it up while you're talking. Um, it was like uh, the Russell Crowe era where he was uh, nominated all the time, like Gladiator, Beautiful Mind. I think it was before that, so it might have been 99. All right. Uh, um, yep, 99. Cool. So he... Um, it's um, yeah, Michael Mann... So Pacino and, and Russell Crowe both in it. Um, I'd never seen it. It's, it's actually one of the only Michael Mann movies I had not seen, but it's really, really, really good. It's a true story. It's kind of a, I guess it would be, it's, it's uh, I don't know how to explain it other than it's sort of a, a thriller in that Russell Crowe is a whistleblower uh, for a tobacco company. And then Pacino is a, a journalist that's trying to get the story from him while protecting him at the same time. So, I mean, there's, you know, a million movies like that. Uh, but this one's just, it's so well done. Obviously, Michael Mann's a great director. Yeah, you um, and give him props for that. Yeah, and the cast is is really, really good. Crow's always always good, but he's really on his game with this one. But yeah, I, I really enjoy that movie a lot. And I had heard, you know, I, I always heard how, how great it was, but it, it was better than I expected for sure. Nice. So that's definitely one I would I'd recommend to anyone. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that out. I have not seen that. So Yeah, it's on, um, I think it's on Prime, maybe. Okay. can't remember where I watched it, but almost all these movies were, you know, I watched on streaming. So. Oh, nice. 
Moving on to number four on my list uh, was actually one we were just talking about a few seconds ago before we started recording. It's uh, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Nice. So I picked up the uh, Scream Factory set of the entire Friday the 13th series on uh, Blu-ray, and it's just like magnificent transfers. I uh, started watching through them, and I had thought that I had seen like the first five or six, and uh, I got to part four, and I was like, I had never seen this before. This is all brand new. I don't remember any of this, and it was really, really cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's probably my favorite Friday now. Awesome. Um, it's got like a, a perfect blend of the eighties wackiness, but with the brutal killings of <laughs> Friday the 13th, um, featuring a young Corey Feldman, um, we got uh, Crispin Glover in an early performance in that Very one, cool. you know, a year before he does back to the future. And, uh, it was, it was really a, a good mix of, uh, like I said, the, the brutal kills, but you, you feel for the characters and they really draw you in. The horror movies are always so much better when you do that and you actually care about the fate of them. For sure. And uh, the the ending was really cool and um, really brutal also. Like You could tell that they, they really meant for this to be the final chapter for a while. And it, it obviously didn't last long. They <laughs> Paramount wanted their money. Yeah. It was just a super cash cow. And uh, it, it makes the next few kind of little wonky you know trying to write their way out of the the ending that they wrote for this one which was just so cool but yeah i, I definitely recommend it to anybody that's a horror fan at all and especially if you're a, a, a friday the 13th fan and you haven't seen it i would definitely recommend checking it out yeah, i can't remember if i've seen that one or not um the cory feldman crispin glover thing makes me think i, I might have seen it but if i have it's been a while so that's definitely one i've got to check out yeah Okay, so I, I guess mine is kind of in in order as well. Okay. Um, so let's see. That would be five, four. So four would be uh, FX. It's uh, Brian Dennehy who actually doesn't show up for like forty minutes, <laughs> but he's like on the you know on the poster and everything. But it's a uh, uh, Brian Brown, I think, is the other guy. So it's Good a call. lot of fun. Um, basically, he's a, a special effects artist that the uh, government agency, they don't, they're kind of vague on who they are, uh, they hire him to, because they want to put this uh, mobster uh, in witness protection, but they want to uh, make people think that he, he died. Okay. Um, so <laughs> so they hire this uh, special effects creator, director guy, um, who's like the, you know, the best in Hollywood or whatever. Um, and they, they say, hey, we want you to um, stage this guy's murder. Um, so we can put him in witness protection and no one, you know, everyone will think he's dead and won't come looking for him. Um, so, you know, he, he, he takes the job really without, he doesn't really think too much about it. Um, doesn't ask enough questions. Uh, and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So, um, obviously it, they, you know, it, it's not as it seems. And, uh, he kind of has to. They, they basically double, he gets double cross. So then he's kind of on the lamb and trying to figure out ways to expose the, the people behind it using his uh, expertise and, and special effects work. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. It's so it, it, you know, it has to do with movies and special effects work, which I absolutely love. I mean, I've loved since special effects work. I've loved since I was a kid, like just been in awe of it. Um, and, uh, so it was like right up my alley. I can't believe I'd never seen this movie before. Um, it's it's an absolute blast uh so much fun and it's i think it's on amazon prime uh, both one and two i i didn't watch two i heard that 
Oh, they made a sequel to yeah, it. Yeah, I oh. heard it wasn't wasn't very good. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot anyways. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, FX, it's it's a blast. I uh, highly recommend that one. All right, cool. Yeah, that's one I hadn't even heard of. So. Oh yeah, it's it's really cool. I think I think I heard it on Pure Cinema podcast. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, it feels. But like yeah, a, definitely we need to plug them also. Like anybody feels, is a film fan at oh, all. Yeah, that's like the the greatest film podcast for for uh, cult to find cult movies or mm-hmm. movies that you've either heard of and not watched or have never heard of before. I yeah. can't tell you how many movies I've watched that they've recommended that oh, are yeah. just actually one, two, three, <laughs> three of them on my, my list here. So nice. I think I'm pretty sure they, they mentioned FX. So that's one of them. Yeah. They're very, very, very knowledgeable about mm-hmm. anything related to cinema. And uh, they do such a good job of just talking up a movie and like making you want to watch it. Yeah, like, it, it absolutely. Just, yeah. They, they do a very good job pure cinema podcast if anybody wants to check that out they release whatever one a month now i think so yeah um but i mean they used to do the calendar episodes too which yeah yeah really cool for the the new beverly cinema yep and they're they're deep dives though too i mean they're you know a couple hours long and they just go go into into depth they've done a couple of uh, filmographies Mm -hmm. where they'll go uh they'll like i think they did a scorsese one yeah and then they'll pair like taxi driver with a movie that they think you should watch kind of pair them together um, I honestly, everything they've recommended that I have watched, I've either loved or really liked. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never like watched a movie they've recommended and been like, this is terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's always at least entertaining or good or, mm-hmm. or, you know, at least fun to watch or something. So one of the ones from my list last year <laughs> that I can call it out, uh, is one that we watched together from that pin. So oh, pin was, <laughs> that was a fun the, time. One of the weirdest movies. <laughs> Just yeah. So odd. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a movie like it. <laughs> it's it's really hard to compare it to something, yeah. It's it's something that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so the next up on my list, number three that I had not seen before from a year previous to now, is I got a shout out to my friend S. Bob for sitting me down and making me watch it. Not he thought I'd be a an enjoyable time, and, and it really was cool. It was Happy Death Day. Are you familiar with that at all, Ray? Oh yeah, yeah. It's I, like the the Groundhog Day, yes, but uh, I, set at a college campus. I so actually like, yeah. I watched that this year as well. Okay, for the first time. Yeah, um, man, that's got some fun energy to it. And I really like th- it. Those kind of movies are really neat. Anyway, I like that Groundhog Day type aspect of yeah. things, and you repeat in the same day until mm-hmm. you, you know, usually it's some kind of a cosmic thing that you got to figure out <laughs> how to change your life for the better. Exactly. And, yeah, like she definitely does. Like the the girl that starred in it was very well done, and the actress there, like yeah. Did a really good transition from a, you know, a, a bitchy sorority girl to mm-hmm. someone with heart that actually cared about people, and uh, yeah, it was it was really cool, and I love that aspect of it that that she just gets murdered every day, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> that's how it ends because uh, you know, ground all day, you know, you just go to bed and wake up like he tries to, you know, kill himself eventually a few yeah. times and figures out that he can't, but uh, they just right out of the gate just start killing her over and over again oh, yeah. every single day, and uh, it was really cool. Uh, I like how they. Um, layered everything like a movie like that does you know so you can kind of see the slight changes that they're making trying to fix things and yep. alter it and mm-hmm. uh, I thought they did a really good job and uh, it was a lot of fun so yeah that's a, that's a blast I really like that movie mm-hmm. I haven't seen the sequel yet I think it came out last year um, but yeah that's a really that's a that's a fun movie my number three would be The Long Goodbye which is another pure cinema podcast recommendation okay uh, it's a Robert Altman movie it is um, Philip Marlowe, basically a detective. So I mean, he's Raymond Chandler basically wrote it. It's uh, 
his series of detective novels. Okay. Based on his story. I don't know if it's a, no, I can't remember if it's a, I think it's a novel. I can't remember if it's that or a short story. But anyways, Elliot Gould is just, oh man, he's so, he's just the perfect, uh, <laughs> he's the, the perfect cast for this movie. And uh, he does a, he does a great job, and it's probably my favorite Altman movie. And I'm not I mean I'm not a huge Robert Altman fan mm-hmm. per se. The player is is really great as well. But yeah, I think for his style of filmmaking, The Long Goodbye is just perfect. Like it hits, it's it's perfect for what he likes to do. He loves to have overlapping dialogue and kind of that a little more authentic feel, kind of chaotic, where life is a little bit chaotic, I guess. But like the way that like Gold plays Marlowe is just it fits perfectly in that world. It's it's a fun movie, but it's it's um it's it's really good as well. You know, it has a has a really good cast all around him. But yeah, overall, I I really enjoy that movie a lot. Okay, cool. I think that's on Prime as well. Moving on to my number two. It's a movie mostly made my list just because of uh, the the acting in it. Uh, I think uh, just really a, a shine last year. I, I thought it probably should have gotten an Oscar nomination, and it was uh, First Reformed for Ethan Hawke. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, something about it whenever I want. That's another one that kind of just hit me at the right time, I think. Some quiet performance, uh, very subtle, but very impactful also as uh, the preacher of a church that's basically losing its congregation and fighting to keep up with the, the super church that's coming into town and, Meanwhile, gets dragged into a, a family. You saw a first reform, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, I'm trying to explain, like, is kind of a, a broken family yeah. that um, had some marital issues. Right, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, trying to, like, counsel or whatever. Yeah, the, there you the go. People, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it gets really kind of trippy and a little weird towards the end, for sure. For sure. But I think I enjoyed that part of it, too. Like, yeah. I think that added to it. Uh, I just, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I think there's like a, basically you you're bought in so much at that point that it you either go with it or you're out. And yeah. For for me, it worked it worked great because I I was like already bought in and, and really liked where they went with it. But yeah, I can I can definitely see where that would take people out of the movie as well. Definitely, um, yeah. So I mean, it's just kind of how how you how it works with you personally. I think at the time. But yeah, I, like you said, that's another movie where if you're kind of not in the right frame of mind, it might not work for you too. So. Yeah, yeah. If, if it doesn't hook you within the first 15, 20 minutes, I'd say, you know, pause it, yep. shut it off and give it a time, give it a try another time. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I think it's definitely worth seeing. Give it a shot. All right, so two. Mm-hmm. This was a huge blind spot for me. It was Malcolm X. Oh, I thought you were going to say the blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> No, and that definitely would not make <laughs> any list for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Malcolm X, Spike Lee's movie from 1990, I think. Uh, um, 92. 92, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, with Denzel just crushing it. Man, he's so good, but definitely, I, I think it's his best best performance. I mean, that's not like everyone probably thinks that, or, or at least it's it's one of his best. Man, he's just, he's so good. Uh, I think... It's Spike Lee's masterpiece. It's so it's so well done, and it's biographies can be man, they're so easy to get wrong, I think, or to be just so generic. Um, but I really think it works to Spike Lee's strengths as a director. Um, some for me, he's kind of a hit or miss director. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, most like the majority of his his movies, I I really like, but then there's always a couple. 
couple scenes or a couple things that he does that kind of, for me, they come off as kind of hokey and I, it, I just don't like to, it just kind of takes me out of the movie or it doesn't work for me uh, for whatever reason. For Malcolm X, I just think everything, like everything he does is perfectly right for the movie. So, so well done. I can't believe I kind of missed it for this long. And that he, I don't think Spike Lee was nominated for that. I can't remember if he was. I don't um, think he was. No, just Best Actor in a Leading Role. Looks yeah, like his I think he didn't even get a Best Picture nomination. Wow, how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, highly recommended. Just great movie. Great movie all the way around. Yep. Denzel and uh, Costume Design for Ruth Carter were the only two Man. Academy nominations. No surprise there, though. Well, that's another one. I definitely have to check out. Uh, Spike's a bit of a, a hole in my catalog. I haven't really seen much from him, so I yeah. definitely need to Honestly, jump in and watch some more. Yeah, if I, I'm kind of the same way. I think there's, I don't know, man. I've seen maybe five or six of his movies, but yeah, there's a whole, you know, four or five movie run that he did that I, I don't know. You know, I've I've never seen those movies. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on to my number one, I had I had some debate at first because I wanted to put it on the 2020 list because that's when I saw it, <laughs> but uh, it actually it was a 2019 release because of the Academy Awards uh, oh, okay. playing in a few theaters in late December last year, and it's 1917. Nice. Man, that movie just really blew me away. Uh, the, the cinematography is just out of this world. Uh, the tension just amps up so well mm-hmm. with that camera just following the main characters throughout the movie and uh it's a it's a really cool story too like you could definitely see that you know something similar to that actually happening back in world war one like the way they fought back then and the the, the <laughs> it's just so wild to think that, that that's actually you know part of history oh yeah and it really helps to you know throw that on the screen so you can actually see it and mm-hmm. get a visual of what it was actually like to be there because i think they did a really good job of representing it and like uh, reading a few articles and stuff like that and um, some old journal and stuff from veterans of the war it, it sounds like they got it pretty damn close and it just it was a real marvel of filmmaking i thought oh uh, yeah perfect to see in the on the imax theater like yeah. that was so great Absolutely. i'm glad i got a chance to see it there and uh yeah i watched it came back a week later watched it again in the same IMAX theater and then watched it again here at home a few weeks later before the Oscars for my uh, annual Oscar party and uh, so yeah I watched it like three times within a span of four or five weeks and it never got old and like each, each time I was just that much engrossed in it and you're still like flinching and jumping at the different uh, war scenes and stuff like that and it's got a real nice uh, some moving moments in it too you know like mm-hmm. uh, you get pretty emotional at some points and yeah I think it just really hit all the boxes for me, and I really love that movie. So uh, definitely check it out. Anybody that uh, has some time to kill and wants to throw in a movie, that's one I think uh, a lot of people would really enjoy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Just an absolute marvel um, of, of, of filmmaking, really. It's, like you said, the cinematography is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It really is how they were able to achieve what they did with that. And that's what... I think that's what sets that movie apart from a lot of other war movies too, is that the way that they're able to stay with the characters. So it feels like it feels like it's in real time. It feels Mm -hmm. like you're right alongside them. Um, Oh man. Yeah. It's it's so good. And yeah, for the world war one, we don't hardly see anything on world war one. Um, 
lot of World War II, ton of stuff on that. Vietnam, mm, Vietnam yeah. Um, but yeah, World War One is a. I mean, it's a huge kind of blind spot for films in general. But I think that's for Americans. We were only in the war at the very end of it, right. um, so we didn't have a ton to do with it. I don't. I, yeah, I don't really know why there's not more about it. Um, but it's it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating war in terms of you're coming from, I mean, you're going into modernization. So, I mean, it's like the warfare is, is changing daily. It's it's changing like hourly, basically. Like they're going from horse-drawn carrying uh, weapons with the horse, you know, having the horse carry the weapons and stuff like that. And then they, you know, they have trucks by the end of it. They were, you know, they're, they're a lot of, I think it was the French were still dressing in like uh the really old school kind of armor and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they're, you know, trying to still trying to fight those open field battles. Yeah. And that's just like it, the, everything was changing. You know, you had first use of chemical weapons and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, all this stuff was changing so fast and rapidly then. Um, yeah. It's, from what I've heard is the same as you too. That's like, they nailed it with that movie. That's a, that's a great wreck. All right, so my actually it was probably the, my favorite first time watch of the year overall too, even the new movies. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, it's uh, the Ninth Configuration. Hmm, I don't think I've heard of that. Uh, another pure cinema podcast recommendation. Okay, um, it's a William Peter Blatty movie. So oh, he, he wrote okay. The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote this is what's based on his book. So he wrote the screenplay and directed it. I think okay, it's, he only directed like three movies, maybe. Um. Oh my goodness, it's so good. Um, it's it's one of those that's really difficult to try to describe, though. Okay. Um, the way, after watching it, the way I see it is, it reminded me of if Shutter Island was told from the psychiatrist's point of view. So, mm-hmm. like Shutter Island is all from Leo's, you know, perspective, right. where it's it's in his mind. You know, it's all the stuff that he he thinks is going on. Mm, trying um, to figure out the mystery, and, right? Yeah. His, it's all his delusion, and they're trying to, you know, help him by playing with that delusion. Well, in this, it's like um, it's kind of the opposite. So it's definitely kind of a realistic look at um, kind of PTSD and then mental health in general. But then it has you know these huge. Uh, philosophical spiritual questions that they're they're introducing in it um uh, stacy keach is basically oh nice yeah he's so good he's a a army psychiatrist that is um he's he's sent to this it's like it's a in a castle so he's sent to this (laughs) castle that has all these um uh, mental patients in it and the army wants to know basically what his opinion on if these men are, are faking it or if they're actually you know if they're disturbed or, or, or unwell. Um, um, so that's like his, his task or whatever is to, to give them an answer. And I, th- I don't know, there's like 10 guys or something like that. Okay. Um, but then, so you're just kind of thrown in with him, uh, with the situation. So you don't really know either. Uh, and it just kind of plays out from there. He's just around these men, um, for the next, I can't remember how long, you know, maybe a couple months. I can't really remember. Could only be a couple weeks, maybe. But anyways, he's he's just around them, and then you know he starts having dreams and all this other stuff, and it's, it's a very fascinating look. I think it was came out in like 1980. So no, man, if for that time period especially, um, ask some really interesting questions. Like I said, it has like a philosophical, spiritual bent to it as well. 
highly I can't recommend that movie enough. It's yes. it is ridiculously good. Stacy Keach, like I said, but also uh, Scott Wilson's in it. Um, oh, okay. So he's, I mean, I I think most people would know him from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where what was his character in that? Uh, he was uh... he was Virgil. Um, but man, he's he is really really good in this movie. Really good. He's one of the the patients. Yeah, it's 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 a great movie. Very good. All right, so we are going to go through our 2020 films now, uh, films that released this year, and this is our top five. Um, I'll go ahead and start again, if you don't mind. Yeah. And uh, this one, I don't know if it was really long enough to classify as a movie, but it was cool enough and neat enough that I wanted to include it, and I thought I had a really good time with it. It's a film that debuted on Shudder, so thank you for letting me watch that. It's a film called Host. Had you heard about this or yes, anything? Yeah, I watched it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it's very neat. Uh, it's all filmed quarantine style uh, from a, a Zoom meeting as a group of kids try to hold a seance with a, uh, a woman who purports to be, uh, you know, practicing the occult. And uh, things kind of, in a joking fashion, you know, people are not quite a... Uh, buying into it and then uh it seems to happen to become a little more real than people want to think and uh man it, it did a really cool job i think of uh really building, building up the tension even without you know just a static camera watching for you sure. know, different screens like you you <laughs> there were some times like oh god okay i gotta breathe for a second yeah <laughs> i caught myself holding my breath but they they do some some really unique things with some camera angles and some special effects and uh it was a, a creepy little film and uh, even even the running time kind of plays into it a little bit, you know, with the, the, mm-hmm. the Zoom restrictions at the end. It was kind exactly. of a neat twist at the end, I thought. So uh, that was that was really cool, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, it's it's a really smart movie for exactly and and for knowing exactly what it is and like staying in that framework, mm-hmm. but also <clears throat> using those kind of limitations to to their advantage. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really good movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot too. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, a fun quick ride if somebody wants to check that out. Nice. Yeah. All right, so my um yeah, I don't really have these in a particular order. Okay. Yeah, I guess this would be my fifth one though. It's uh His House. Did you okay. watch that? It's on I, Netflix. I did not know. Um it's a horror movie. Uh yeah, it's a refugee couple from South Sudan uh moving into it's an English town. I don't really know if they're very specific about it. It might be London. West London or something, maybe I don't know. Okay. Um, but anyways, they you know they move into this house. They get kind of government housing, and um, basically something has kind of followed them to this new house, and it starts to kind of mess with the couple. And you kind of get snippets of kind of what happened on their on their trip there. Um, you know, it starts getting closer and closer to the end, and, and revealing more of what's going on. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a psychological horror, but it's also evil or malevolent spirit kind of as well. It's kind of a mixture of both those, which usually those go together. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. The third act kind of falters for me. It, it doesn't doesn't nail it, but the, you know the, the first two thirds are are really, really good. Okay, um, cool. And it's uh, visually well done as well. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely recommend that one. Nice. To bookmark that one for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's one you'd really like. Next up for me is one that I just watched a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's called The Sound of Metal. Nice. 
Are you familiar with that movie at all? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. on mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, yeah, if you, we can both just talk about it then. Cool. Wow. The uh, the sound design and stuff on this is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so it's a, a drummer for a heavy metal band that realizes he's starting to lose his hearing. He goes to a doctor, figures out he can get some uh, cochlear implants and they can work with him. Uh, and he ends up going meeting with uh, others from the deaf community and staying with them, trying to realize, you know, learn how to cope with uh, what's going on because uh, it looks like his, his hearing will never, you know, fully recover. So he's going to have to change his whole lifestyle. And the the way that they, like, bring you in and, like, immerse you in the, the world of, you know, uh, the deaf culture, and it's like, yeah, it was really, really touching. Like, I... Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it hit me. You know, I was yeah. pretty emotional by the end of it for sure. I mean, that's exactly like we, like what you said. It's it, they immerse you in it. Like you are basically left to um, to just try to figure things out, just as the uh, the title the lead character is. Um, what do they say? It's like twenty to thirty percent. Yeah, is what he has left. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's 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 awful for him. Um, it, there, there's there's so many good things about this movie honestly um i that's one of my favorite things though is that they they don't really kind of help you with the deaf like you're kind of the ostracized one when they go to the deaf community because they all can you know, they can sign to each other mm-hmm. so they're they're perfectly fine with that but we're in his position where we don't know sign language or the majority of i guess the audience probably won't know it yeah. and so you're just kind of on the outside with him trying to figure out uh, to learn, you know, learn, it's learning a language. So you're learning something you've never known before. Uh, just the way they do it is, is so fantastic. I mean, I, I think I, I only know maybe a couple of, of deaf people, but I know that they are underrepresented in, in me in media in general, especially in cinema. And I, I mean, this movie does so much for that, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, it's really beautiful thing, honestly, mm-hmm. what they, what they're able to do in this movie. Yeah. I did some research afterward. Most of the cast and crew were yeah, all, were actually uh, hearing impaired or deaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, like you said, it's very, very powerful. Yeah. This was on my list as well. I, yeah. I absolutely on that, like, oh, man, give that man for a, me, a nomination yeah. at least. For at me, the very was, least. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was my favorite performance, uh, Rizzo made. I mean, he's, man, he's just so good. Um, and it was completely different from what I expected, uh, yeah. the movie was, I, being a drummer, I was like, all right, we're going to see lots of cool drums and maybe get that aspect of it. And you really don't get that hard. I mean, I think they only play like two shows or whatever mm-hmm. they show them. Um, it's only parts of that. So on that end, I was a little bit disappointed, but honestly, the movie doesn't need that because I mean, that's not really what it's about. You know, it's, it's about other things that are going on in his life that just kind of just flow out of him after he, he gets this diagnosis and realizes that his whole life is, it's got to change. So I mean, it's it's like everything basically, his, everything in his life has to change. You get, you know, and he he's he's fighting to hold on to what he has, even though it's not good for him. And I think that's, I mean, ever pretty much everyone could relate to something like that. So yeah, man, I I really love this movie a lot. Yeah, so that that's on Amazon Prime. It's yeah, a Prime Original, right? I uh, yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, anybody with that, definitely need to check it out. All right, so I actually just watched this one. Uh, was it? two days ago maybe two nights ago okay um i'm thinking of ending things it's, oh, okay. uh, on netflix at uh charlie kaufman heard about that haven't watched it yet though so so it's like all of his movies where he uh, i don't know i mean they're 
they're all kind of uh, cerebral and not really saying what they're what you think they're saying, I guess, to a certain extent. But this one is definitely his his most kind of uh, difficult to get into, I think. Okay. But it's also I I was just mesmerized by it. Um, it obviously it just hit me at the right, right time as well. I think that's that's one for sure that you're going to have to kind of be in the the headspace to watch it. It's got. Uh, so it has, I guess it has like an underlying twist or whatever at the end, but it's not, it's not really a twist because it's, if you're, if you're watching closely enough, I think it's, it's kind of obvious what's going on. I mean, you know, something odd is going on the whole time because okay. nothing really is lining up, but at a certain point, uh, like once everything started clicking for me and I am pretty sure from what I've read of, of an interview, a couple interviews with Kaufman is like, there's a certain point in the movie where he's kind of showing you what he wants you to or what what's going on really um and it's not i mean it's it's i probably less than a minute i think that clip i mean it's a really short scene mm, okay. but it's super impactful so it has everything in there um that you kind of need to to figure out what's going on um so if you like those kinds of movies where what you're seeing isn't isn't really what's going on or there's more under kind of underlined and and there there's more being said than what you're actually seeing or whatever this is perfect for that um, and the performances are, are fantastic. Once again, I mean, Tony Collette's not in it that much, but like, man, she is perfect in everything. This is like the third year where, so she knives out last year. She's great in that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously hereditary, hereditary. is oh, just one of the greatest performances ever. Absolutely. I mean, she is ridiculous in that. Um, but she's, she's great in this too. Just like another, I don't know, like she never gives a bad performance. Um, and Jesse Buckley, who I've, I mean, kind of just started seeing her in a lot of things. She's really good in this. Um, she was in the new season of Fargo as well. And she, she's great in that. Okay. I thought that was interesting actually, cause Jesse Plemons was in like uh, season two of Fargo, uh-huh. I think. So you have like two Fargo alums in this movie. But yeah. Thinking of anything is I actually, I watched the whole movie and then I went back and watched maybe the first five or 10 minutes again, just to, cause I thought I knew what I was watching. You know, I thought I knew I had it figured out or whatever. Um, but I, there was a couple parts at the beginning that I wanted to make sure, and I watched that, you know, the first five or 10 minutes or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got it. Wow. Um, and then I had to watch some explainer videos just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much got, I think the gist of what he, what he's going with. Yeah. It's, if, if that's your, if that's your bag or whatever, I think you'll enjoy it. I, it's listed here as a thriller or horror. And mm-hmm. I don't agree with that at all. Okay. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> it's neither of those things. I guess I guess it could be a thriller, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the the subject matter could be strewed that way, but I think the way that Kaufman plays it is more. Um, it's more like I'm trying to think, maybe metaphysical or something. I don't know. It's, mm. uh, to me, it's not definitely not a, a horror movie at all. That's uh, one of my favorite ones. Cool. Yeah, sounds like it's definitely one that kind of stays with you after viewing. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, moving on to my number three. Slight theme, uh, so it's uh, Palm Springs. Nice. And uh, I was talking about that with my friend S. Bob, and he was—that's when he recommended I watch Happy Death Day. So, oh, cool. Uh, that kind of fell in. Like, it's, I feel kind of cheesy putting both of them on a oh, <laughs> top no, five list, but like I said, like I, I, I almost, really enjoyed that. I almost threw Palm Springs on mine too. Yeah. Like it was right there. It, man, that was a, a really fun time. Andy Samberg, uh, I just really like him a lot. I do too. He—he he, uh, he has a a neat way of. Uh, displaying comedy and everything yeah. like he he's very relatable you mm-hmm. know you could definitely yeah understand his character for sure in that movie and uh the main thing i really want to pull out is uh jk simmons man he's oh. 
his character in the movie is so amazing. But uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Palm Springs is another like Groundhog's Day type of uh, movie. Uh, with a few extra twists and some things that happen along the way. So I don't really want to say too much. You know, yeah. you, the less you know about it going in, the better, for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, it's it's it really uh, it, it follows its own rules really well, too. Uh, it establishes rules, and it follows them really yeah. well. That's what I really enjoyed about for it, sure. too. Uh, a lot of it makes perfect sense by the end. Uh, you could definitely figure things out, and uh, it, it gives you a way to kind of look look forward to some things, you know. Uh, but yeah, that was a really fun time. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. I've seen it three times now. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I went back and watched it almost immediately after I w- finished it the first time and then watched it again about a week or two ago. So it was a really good time. Very cool. I, I just watched it for the first time, maybe a couple weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Cool. Alrighty. Let's see. So we did three. The top two are kind of together. Um, this is a movie I did not expect to like really at all. It's called First Cow. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard of that. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those awards. Kind oh, of, I mean, like, okay, yeah, I mean. everyone's like talking about it now. Kelly Reichard, I think, is the director. So, I mean, she's she's yeah. done several movies, and I've liked some of them and have really not liked the other ones. But I, I really think it's it's kind of mindset with this one. It's like if um, if you're kind of in the in the mood for it, it, it works really well. I mean, the, the premise sounds kind of silly. Yeah. It's uh these these two guys that kind of happen upon each other in uh, what is it 18, uh, 1820s Northwest, and so uh, they just kind of like one's a a cook for a group of guys that are out hunting uh, beaver pelts, um, and he ends up finding this dude that's naked in the woods and like starving, and so he kind of saves him. So, anyways, they become friends, start. They have a shack together and are trying to go into business together or whatever. Uh, and this one guy is a cook, so he makes these, like, ridiculous uh, biscuits. Okay. And so they start selling them and everyone loves them and whatever. And then there's obviously the cow aspect of it. Um, it's first cow because it's the first cow in that territory. Like, there's oh, okay. never been, I guess, never been a cow in that territory before. So that's why it's so, like, everyone's kind of going Monumental, crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's cow's milk and everybody's freaking out about it. So, I mean, that sounds... I don't know. It sounds not great <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I I just was, I it just got me like the first the first few frames got me, um, and I was just mesmerized by it. I really thought, I think it's is it shot in sixteen millimeter or four three maybe I can't remember, but it's not it's it's the same as uh, first reform was shot in. Oh okay. Is that sixteen? Yeah, okay. So yeah, so it's 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 shot like that. Okay. Um, only with prime lenses, so there's like never zooms or anything like that. Uh, the camera rarely moves at all. Um, so everything has to be kind of perfect in frame. It's really, really, really neat and unique, very unique movie. But yeah, it's got it's got a lot of heart as well. Um, it's kind of like a buddy story basically. They're about their their friendship and um, it's, it's pretty funny pretty touching as well yeah i believe me i was not expecting to like this movie at <laughs> <Yeah>. all it's, <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a movie i i would love or whatever but yeah i i really liked it i i can definitely see people not liking it at all so <laughs> okay yeah. but yeah I, I it's number two for me looks like that's on uh hulu and i forgot to mention palm springs is also on hulu yeah so uh anybody just wanted to check these out uh, yeah i think it's a premium subscription for hulu so i actually i think i rented it maybe no um 
it's on Showtime now, and I got like oh, a free really? trial. So if oh, you okay. do a free trial for Showtime, check it out there. Right. That's what I did. Nice. My number two on the list is uh, based on your recommendation, so thank you for that. It's called The Vast of Night. Uh, it's from Amazon Studios, so again, you can check that out on Amazon Prime. Wow, this was a fun time. So it's a, a throwback to kind of an old like Twilight Zone type mm-hmm. uh, theme, uh, 1950s science fiction, uh, small town in New Mexico, super small town. Uh, everybody in town is going to a huge basketball game that night, and uh, a few people that are scattered throughout the town that are not at the game start to figure out that there are some weird things going on nearby uh, city side. It, it was really cool. Like the main thing that I loved about it, and Ray, you even pointed out, is like that the camera work is <laughs> out of this world. Yeah, really, like, it's fantastic for sure. That the camera is almost constantly on the move, circling around, up, down, behind, like all over the place, and it's it's frenetic. It adds a little tension to it, but it's like it's never like shaky camera. Right, it's like controlled. It's always, yeah. yeah, it's very very steady, very smooth. So it's a really neat contrast. Like it's not something you see every day for right. sure, and yep. it really adds some extra context and layers to the film. Yeah, that's, that's actually my number one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. sorry to spoil it. Oh no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with everything. I mean, it it blew that movie blew me away. I was not expecting that at all. It's exact for me. It's like exactly how a movie should be shot, where <laughs> there's a ton of long takes that aren't. I mean, they're not like they're not boring. Um, they're not. They're basically it's a long take out of necessity. Like it's, that's how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like this story depended on, on those takes, but then there's also super fast edits to also tell you the story. So it's like, it's using editing or the lack of that to get the, get the more, more story basically out of it. So it's, it's another way of, I mean, cause that's, that's a whole other area of storytelling that you don't really think about. I think most people don't think about that when they're watching a movie. They don't think about the edits or the editing choices or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really informs the viewer a ton of what's going on. And this movie, to me, that it just it's absolutely perfect the way that they marry those two things together. A lot of walking and talking, which yeah. is... Oh, yeah. But it's... Oh, man, it's so so well done. Especially, I think it's a first-time director. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah. Man, it's so good for a first-time director, especially. But yeah, there's like a... What is that? Like a four-minute-long tracking shot. Oh, my gosh. That is just one shot, continuous shot that is unbelievable. Like we were talking earlier, too, it sets up spatial awareness. So you know... Like exactly how large this town is or whatever by this one shot. Like this one shot takes you through the whole town. Later on, one of the main characters has to run uh, from one place to another. And because you've already gone that distance with the camera, you know how long it takes. And that is a super smart choice to make. And I don't know if that was on, on purpose. I'm, I'm assuming it was, but maybe it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, like it, it just informs the rest of the movie in a very unique way, very mm-hmm. cool way, very well done. Yeah, and really likable characters too. Like, yeah, you buy in almost immediately. Like, they do a really good job so, of establishing them, and they feel authentic. They mm-hmm. feel of of their time too. Mm-hmm. Like, everything feels yeah. like it came right out of the fifties. Yeah, and it's a very contained story. Uh man, that's. Let me see. So, I was going to mention that actually. There was another movie. It's not on my list, um, but it's on my like favorite performances or whatever. But it's a very contained story as well, where it's like happens with a certain amount of time, like a couple hours or a couple days. And you never kind of leave the main people. Like, you're always with them. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of that because 
I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is about that type of storytelling, but it's more interesting to me, but it also has the tendency. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that could, you could miss big time with that too, because you could, your characters could be uninteresting or like, you know, the, the premise could not work with it or whatever. So it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's very hit or miss. I think yeah, it's a those. gamble. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, but like vast of night is, it's very contained story. You're, uh, with the, you're in one town the whole time, and we're, I, it's almost like in real time. I think how they how it's shot, it feels like it's in real time. Like everything, you're always with the same characters, one or the other. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know if it's meant to be in real right, time. Yeah, it like, definitely has that. Definitely feel. think about it. Yeah, it's not too far off because yeah. like they're preparing for the game, and then a high school basketball game is not going to last that long. Right, exactly. The ninety minute runtime is probably right about. Yeah, right about it almost. feels right. Yeah, and it like it just feels like it is happening in real time, and I, that's that's a really cool motif or whatever to, to do with uh, a movie. Absolutely. Yep. So that was my, that was my number one. Awesome. Yeah. It was very, very good. I, I would yeah. Very highly recommend it to most people. All right. Well, the last one I need to talk about my number one movie of the year is, uh, on Netflix and it's a movie called Dick Johnson is dead. Nice. Have you heard of that one or seen it? I have not seen it. I okay. really wanted to watch that though. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to like it a lot. It's, um, so it's a, a woman who's a documentary filmmaker she's a documentarian and her father is has dementia and he was a psychologist and like basically raised her uh, by himself for most of their life uh, her mother died really young when she was really young and so she's very close to her dad and just seeing him start to slip away and everything she she wanted to capture it in a documentary type style uh, and then that wasn't really working so she ended up coming up with a really neat idea i thought that um she uh, <laughs> approaches her dad and convinces him and like persuades him, but also like he's in, in on that too. Uh, he really wants to do it. They they end up staging his death in various ways throughout oh. the film, and uh, just so that she can have a way to work through that trauma, work through that yeah. you know those feelings and those emotions, and 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 in a way it really kind of helps him out too because he's able to you know, accept that his death is coming and he's aware enough throughout the movie still that he knows what's going on, obviously, and, mm-hmm. but he is slipping into dementia. You can start to see it throughout the film and it's it's a bit heartbreaking also, yeah. but uh, man, it was really cool. Like, just the rapport that they have, you can really just feel the love just like bleeding out of the screen so much. That's like awesome. it, It's such a great relationship between her and her father and he's so happy for her that she's done these documentaries and stuff before. I need to check out some of those documentaries that she's done, uh, Kristen Johnson. But uh, yeah, Dick Johnson is dead, and <laughs> it's really great. At one point, they go through and he uh, films his own funeral and like his ascension into heaven and everything, awesome. and it's kind of like cheesy and fun and loving and sweet, and it's oh man, you feel so many emotions at once, and uh, it, it hit me a little harder too because uh, my grandmother passed away four years ago due to dementia, and it's it's a terrible disease to see someone just become a shell of their former self and slip away like that, and For sure this is so awesome that she's able to capture this and she can look back on this, you know, and it really makes you kind of, you know, you, you, you want to call your parents afterwards. That I, yeah. I did immediately. I was like, Oh man, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't need anything. I just wanted to hear your voice basically. That's it's awesome. one of those kind of things. And yeah, it's man, it's a really cool movie. I think everyone should really check it out and, uh, it's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I'm definitely checking that out for sure. All right, cool. That's what that's what great movies do though. They they touch you, they move you, they make you want to do you know, like you said, call your call your family or you know change your life or, or whatever. I mean yeah. that's a, a good movie can do that. That's Absolutely. awesome. 
that's one of the reasons, like you said, like we love them so much. Well, like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you brought up earlier too, like the. I don't know if everybody has it, but there there are certain people, and I know we're both of that ilk. Uh, showing someone a film that you love yeah. for the first time and seeing their reactions and yep. talking to them afterwards and everything like that—that's just a cool feeling. Like that. absolutely, yeah, it's, it's something really special. I really love doing it with the the films that I love the most. Like, oh, come over, you got to check it Me out. Me too. I, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that is like uh, it's a joy. Hopefully they like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if it's one that you like, hopefully they're like, yeah, this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, it, and that can work out too. I mean, you know, points out different flaws and stuff. Oh, you might absolutely. Not otherwise noticed. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good experience as well. But for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Actually, but, I listed some performances too. If you want, yeah, I don't know if absolutely. you want to do that. Go cool. For it. Um, so one we already talked about was Riz Ahmed from uh, Sound of Metal. Okay. For me, it's it's the it's the best performance i saw this year it's hmm. it's ridiculously good it's Absolutely. really nuanced um he's also uh, a former drug addict and like that uh, wow he nails that part of it i mean he just he nails what it is to to be that uh you know to, to struggle with that or whatever um yeah so that was probably my favorite one uh delroy lindo from the five bloods did you watch that i did not know um it's that's kind of it's goes back to what I said earlier about for me in Spike Lee movies is that I usually like most of them, but then there's or most of the movie, but then there's always like a couple parts that kind of don't work for me, and that's how that was for me. There's like a couple parts that were really just didn't feel like they were in the same movie, like they felt like a completely different movie, hmm. um, a little bit hokey. Yeah, to be honest, but, the, the length is what kind of held me off on that one. Yeah, I, it, I, it's, I, I really have time to just sit down for over three hours it's, and it's too be long. that focused. It is too long. So. I mean, it, it feels too long as That's well. That's what I've been waiting for. Like, I, I would like to check it out eventually. But, but I mean, yeah. honestly, Lindo's performance is incredible. Really? It, okay. it, it is definitely one of the best of the year, probably any year, honestly. I mean, I think it's more supporting. I don't think he's the main character. I mean, there's like, what, five guys or whatever, so mm -hmm. they're all kind of co-leads or whatever. But, yeah, he's incredible in that movie. Another one was uh, Sidney Flanagan. So this movie, um, what's it called? Uh, okay, so it's Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. That's the name of the movie. I just watched this the other day, and her performance is unbelievable. Definitely the best uh, female performance I saw this year. Oh, wow, okay. It's a really pretty bleak movie. And it's a that's the other one I was talking about. It's a really contained movie. Like it, it's oh, okay. just these two, or it's her and then her her cousin, I and mean, they're together the whole time basically. Um, and it's just a couple days of their life, and she basically is is wanting to get an abortion. She's seventeen. I uh, can't do it in her state, so she has to travel out of state to, and you know, all this the stuff the kind of the stuff that comes with it with that. It's it's a very uh, pretty sober look at it but her performance is so raw and and really really good and it's also one that could have easily been kind of over the top so many people i think tend to go for that you know go for like the real emotional scene mm -hmm. where like you know they're going crazy throwing things or whatever kind of schmancy. Um, yeah yeah but her i mean hers is super authentic and real and uh very subdued um like you never really know what what's going on in her head, which I think is pretty, I mean, that's pretty accurate for how most people react when they're, when something's wrong with them, you know, oh, yeah. you don't, they don't really Especially like telling, so personal right, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't like telling people about it. So the way that she uh, portrays that is, is very, very good. It's a very powerful performance. 
it's on HBO Max right now if anyone wants to check it out, but it is pretty depressing. <laughs> and the last one is, okay, Wunmi Musako. So she is from, I mean, she's been in a lot of things, okay. and I just discovered her for myself this year. She's fantastic, though. She was in um, His House. Oh, okay. She's the uh, the female protagonist in that. But she was also in the show Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay for hbo which to me was really good and then not really good like it was really really inconsistent basically but she is fantastic in the whole thing but oh man she is she's everything that i've seen her in is she's been she's been great in but i just kind of want to get a shout out to her she's she's doing great things awesome i mean there was a lot of really good performances this year but those were the ones that really stuck out to me okay cool so yeah that was a nice little hang i think we did a pretty good episode here all right yeah I enjoyed it. Awesome. I always well, enjoy talking movies. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely try to have you back sometime, maybe with a A to Z show. Yeah, and, man, and that'd be great. Or something like, yeah. At, while we have you here, thanks again for the, the opening theme music from yeah, Hookie. Uh, we've uh, we've enjoyed throwing that in there and features a lot of your drumming bits so, yeah. because it's the introduction from uh, uh, Ball Bounces. So Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Uh, thanks for having it. me. I uh, really wanted to get this out there still. Um, we'll be back with some more A to Z next year, but uh, Zach's schedule isn't really working out at the moment to record another one, so I know it's been a little while, but I wanted to get this out there, keep up the tradition, and uh, Ray uh, was able to sit in and help me out, so I yeah. appreciate it. So thank you for stopping by. Absolutely. And uh, we'll catch you later. See ya.